reports that say there's that 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 something hasn't happened are always interesting to me. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Please, no flash photography throughout our program. The known unknowns. That is to say, we know there's some things we do not know. That's not where we're going to start the show. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Go, yeah, go ahead, Peter. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is the Known Unknowns. We're a podcast about all things strange, Fortean, weird, and just plain unknown. Something like that. That's how it goes. My name's Peter. I'm joined oh, by enough. Stevie. Hello. And he's going to tell me about something that I've never heard about before. Uh, Peter, my question for the day to you is, uh, what do you know about Alexander the Great? Alexander the Great. Uh, he was Greek. Um, no. He was yes. great. Yep. Uh, and he conquered like most of the known world in like he a did. very short period of time. He did. So yeah, we're going to go. bang some Egyptians. Oh, he banged lots of Egyptians. Is that uh, a thing? I, I, I don't actually. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think his wife was Egyptian. I think she was Persian. You're thinking of Caesar. He banged it. He banged an Egyptian. Did, did Caesar bang an Egyptian? Cleopatra. All right. All right. But we're going to go into our, our way, 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 way back machine today to a fringe border province okay. in what would later become Greece. There, a man took the throne from his recently deceased Macedonian father in 336 uh, BCE. Now, this man would hardly be considered... That was a, a little while ago. It was a long time ago, Peter. Uh, he, This man would hardly be considered a Greek to the people that you probably consider Greeks, uh, like the Athenians, the Spartans, the Thebians. Uh, to them, Alexander III of Macedon was little more than a barbarian king of a backwater state. But uh, by the end of... 335, less than a year later, he tightened his control on the Balkans and the Hellenic League, raising the city of Thebes to the ground when they refused to feed to him. And Peter, Thebes was actually one of the three biggest Greek cities. You had Thebes, Athens, and Sparta. Yeah, that's a big deal. They, the three cities would sort of trade positions at different times on who was the strongest, but it was always, almost always, one of those three. But uh, with Greek unified behind him, uh, he marched into history and invaded the Persian Empire. Alexander III would earn in the following few years uh, the moniker that would live with him through eternity, the Great. Uh, but he... Alexander was sort of handed it to him on a silver platter. Uh, His father, Philip II, was really one of the greatest and formidable leaders in the history of the world up to that point. And the only thing that stops him from being known throughout history is his misfortune of his son being, well, Alexander the Great. (laughs) Everyone just kind of forgets about him. It's it's just, you're you're born at your... Not born in a shadow, but it's the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk 
about Philip II for a brief moment in this episode because he's really one of the most badass men in all of history. He was basically a warlord in the truest sense of the word. He was maimed and disfigured. He walked with a limp from a spear wound. He lost his eye in a battle. Hell yeah. Uh, he really reveled in war and battle. Allegedly, he was a descendant of Hercules of mythology fame. Okay. I know that guy. Yep. I mean, uh, I don't his, know that guy, but I've heard <laughs> Philip of that guy. The second's wife. <laughs> I've was, seen the movie. Was named Olympias. And she was one of the most fascinated women in all of history. And unfortunately, Peter and listeners, uh, she's not going to get nearly the detail that she deserves in this episode. Uh, she slept with and carried a massive python with her wherever she went. She was said to commune oh, with the gods. Okay. Yeah, and get this, Peter. Was she Britney Spears? She, oh, she was the model with, that Britney Spears came from. Uh, forget this. Get this, Peter. She was Love a prominent it. member on the cult of Dionysus. Oh, hell yeah. Who were legendary for their booze-filled sex orgies and had wild music. So oh, literally, yeah. literally the origin of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. And get this, Peter. Her line, her family line, was alleged to go all the way back to the Trojan War to Achilles himself. Uh, so you had two people. Okay, so some heroes on both sides. reaches into mythology, yep. Now, Philip. If there's one thing Philip hated, it was Persia. So he had been preparing for this, his the invasion of Persia, his whole life. He lovingly built up a trained army from literally nothing. Uh, he developed arms, armor, and phallic tactics that uh, weren't used before. The hoplite, do you know what a phalanx is, Peter? I do. I do know what a uh, phalanx is. It's like the group of soldiers that would get in the square with the shields and the exactly it and uh, the spears. They're called hoplites. And they were used by Greeks for centuries before Philip and Alexander. What Philip and Alexander both did is that they made the lines deeper. They added more and more lines to the battle uh, group. And he made the spears the Hoplites used much longer. Okay. The spears that they went to war with, Peter, were 18 feet long. Just Holy massive That's a long. instruments yeah. of death. <laughs> Philip II formed the Hellenic League of Cities of Greece and gathered all of Greece's support and was poised to invade and crush Persia when, at the very last year, he was assassinated. Oh, and really? so the Persian king of kings uh, must have really given a deep sigh of relief when he heard that Philip had died. I bet, it, yeah. You know, it's just Persia's luck that when you kill someone as amazing as Philip II, you'd much rather think you're going to get anybody. You'd rather have anyone besides him. Uh, but then you get someone like Alexander the Great. Turns out they got the only guy who was more yep. of a badass. So two years after his father died, Alexander crossed the Bosphorus and officially invaded the Achaemenid Persian Empire. Now, Peter, at this and listeners... At this time, you'll probably be forgiven for thinking the story is about Alexander's life, but it's not. Mm. And Persia is not our main topic either. Uh, but the story of the Persian Empire fits kind of right into what we do in our podcast. 
the rulers of the Persian Empire have had some very fascinating stories in their own right. Whole ghost armies disappearing in the Egyptian deserts. And get this, Peter, the fact that once a wizard took over the Persian Empire by using magic to impersonate the king before a black ops team infiltrated his castle and killed him. Hell yeah. That's, that's kind of dope. Yeah. But for now, Peter, we're going to go back to 334 BCE. All right. And the Persian king, he was a muggle at this time. He wasn't a wizard. Darius III was his name. It took Alexander only 10 years to destroy the largest empire the world had seen by that time. Holy sh- Yeah, Persian Empire was huge. Yep, it absolutely was. Uh, Alexander crushed an army as far away from Greece as the Punjab in northern India. He had marched his army from Greece to India and everything in between. Wow. But it was there in the site of the Himalayas that Alexander finally turned back and marched his army home. But Peter, uh, Alexander the Great never made it back to Greece. Uh-oh. For in 323... In, Is this where the Egyptians come in? No, he didn't get to Egyptian Egypt yet. In the year 323, in the ancient city of Babylon, Alexander the Great contracted probably what some historians believe to be a terminal case of malaria. And he died. Choking on blood and such things. That'll happen. And unfortunately, when Alexander died, everything that he built died with him. And his empire was split amongst his generals, who were amongst the greatest that ever lived. They were so skilled, prestigious, and renowned that they have a special name in history called the Diadochi, which means something... by the way, all the pronunciations are going to be my pronunciations. So if if I speak poorly, that's just me. But the Diadochi means something like successors. So amongst the Diadochi were names that have lived in history ever since. Ptolemy, Antigonus, Seleucus. They would each separately rule Ptolemaic Egypt, Antigonoid Asia Minor, and the Seleucid Empire in Persia each existing for centuries until eventually falling mm-hmm. to the unyielding tidal wave of Rome. But Peter, finally, after God, how long have we been talking about this? 15 minutes almost? Uh, yeah. We're going to get to the the actual topic of today's episode, uh, which is the body of Alexander the Great. Peter, do you know where Alexander the Great, one of the greatest people in history, uh, is? Do you know where his body is? I don't. I don't um, think we know where he's buried, right? Like no one knows for sure. There's exactly. like theories. And no stuff, one but... knows where uh, Alexander's body is. It's completely lost to history. What is it really lost to history, Peter? When Alexander died in Babylon, the Diadochi spent the king's fortune to craft a pure golden sarcophagus and a massive bejeweled funerary cart to bring him back to Macedonia for burial. Now, Peter, if it had reached Greece, the body might have lasted through time. But, spoiler, it didn't make it back to Greece. Mm. Ptolemy ambushed the, the, the caravan okay. and seized the sarcophagus and brought it to his capital, Memphis, in Egypt. Really? Okay. Where Ptolemy's son, which would, who would go on to be known as Ptolemy the Great, 
built an outrageously splendid tomb in Alexandria and had Alexander's body interred inside the tomb. And that's where it sat for six centuries, with many sources documenting the tomb being visited by some of the famous people from all of history, Peter. Cleopatra, Julius Caesar, Augustus Caesar, Caligula, all of them spent time to go see Alexander's body. All the, all the heavy hitters. Uh, the last record of the tomb was in 390 CE, so a long time later, when the city was described as Alexandria, where the corpse of Alexander is displayed. So that's the, the very last confirmed sighting of the body in history. Now, Peter, I'm going to, we just talked about Alexander for like 15 minutes here. I'm going to take a big left turn. Perfect. Uh, but do you know who St. Mark the Evangelist it was? I, I, I do, yeah. It's a guy in the Bible. Well, not in the Bible, but. Very nearly. He wrote the part of the Bible. He's supposed to be the author of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, He's credited with really bringing Christianity to Africa by founding Mm -hmm. the Church of Alexandria. And he might also be known as John Mark, the cousin to the Apostle Barnabas. But Peter, I promise this is relevant to the story. He was martyred in the year 68 CE by being burned to death. Although centuries later, an addendum to the story was kind of found where uh, that his body might have been saved by a miraculous act of intervention by angels. He still died, but his body wasn't burned by the fire. So I don't know if that speaks to the power of the angels, but... uh, (laughs) Well, we saved his body, at least. (laughs) So, Peter, you're probably wondering how St. Mark can possibly fit into this story. I I am going to say I'm a little confused at this point. But really, St. Mark is at the very heart of this story, because it was around 390 BCE when the emperor of Byzantium declared that Christianity was the only tolerable religion, banning all pagan practices. And what happened after was the systematic crushing of pagan faiths, demolishing of holy locations, destroying of pagan relics, and killing pagan people. And Alexander's tomb was just perfect for the sites of Emperor Theodosius' cleansing. And here we reach one possible answer to our question. What happened to Alexander's body? Maybe it was destroyed by Emperor Theodosius. Or, then again, maybe it wasn't. Because in 392, a holy Christian relic popped up in the city of Alexandria, the tomb and body of St. Mark. This is the first mention of an actual full body of St. Mark, because, as I mentioned before, the body should have been nothing more than bones and ash, because he was burned to death over 300 years ago. Right. Should not be much Historian left. Andrew Chug came up with the theory that I'm about to talk about in his book, The Quest for the Tomb of Alexander the Great. That maybe, just maybe, the supposed miraculous body of St. Mark is actually, get this, Peter, Alexander the Great, just renamed in order to save it from the Byzantine purge. Oh, they just rebranded it. 
Now, the, re the rest of the story that we're going to go into, Peter, is predicated on that fact. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and say that, yeah, okay. the body of St. Mark is Alexander the Great's body. Just hidden under the nose. We'll just assume that that's true for now. Byzantine authority, exactly. So by the 7th century, the growing Muslim empire that poured out of the Arabian Peninsula had conquered all of northern Africa, including Alexandria, where the supposed saintly body was being held. Mm -hmm. Naturally, being no big fans of Christianity... <laughs> they rebranded again? Almost. One of their first targets certainly would have been St. Mark's <laughs> remains. Two Christian sailors from Venice smuggled the body of St. Mark out of the city by tossing it under a pile of pork and just casually sailing out of the port <laughs> to their home port of Venice. Oh, that's... that's the absolute story. Oh, that, that's funny. My... I mean, that's it, it does it works, right? Uh, in the year 1063, so a couple of centuries after this, Peter, the Venetian Doge commissioned the world-famous Basilica di San Marco, which is known as the St. Mark Basilica. And in 1094, the body of St. Mm -hmm. Mark was interred under the church in a fantastically elaborate ritual where it rested in peace for nearly a millennia until 1811, when, unfortunately, I don't know if you know much about Venice, Peter, but the city's kind of sinking. It is, yeah, it is. And the church started to flood. Uh oh. So they took the body and relocated it to the main floor and reinterred it into the church's altar, where it presumably still sits. Today. That's a little dark. Well, not really. When you think about that, all altars in Christianity allegedly have a, a, a relic inside of them. That's that's a fact. Do they? They do. That's that's not, one of the, that's one of the of, things. Is that, a, that, that must be like a Catholic thing. It's probably a Catholic thing. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I, I, I don't I'm know much sure. about Catholicism, but for everybody else, it's not a thing. So I, I didn't know that. Uh, now, Peter, through this whole time, I'm sure you've been asking yourself, is there any proof that this body could actually be Alexander the Great? That is exactly what I've been asking myself. Well, good good thing too then, because there is. There's proof. Mummification. There are rumors that okay. the body was mummified. A practice that would have been abhorrent to the Christians of St. Mark's Day. Right. Mosaics in the church display the saint's body being intact and not skeletal. Additionally, one of the people charged with transferring the body in 1811 made no mention of any fire damage to the the body. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> that's interesting, I would say. So, yeah, some and that's not even fishy it there. for the evidence, Peter, cuz a slab of stone was found inside of the original tomb in the basilica, the one that was made in 1063. It is a piece of limestone, and it displays a shield, Greek greaves, a sword, and a spear. And Peter, I think you might guess what I'm about to say here. Okay. Is that all of those are prominent things Greeks 
and Macedonians hold dear. Right. In fact, the the shield is of Macedonian make with, get this, Peter, there's a star in the shield. And there's something called the Star of Macedon, which is related to Alexander's family and is on many tombs related to people of uh, his lineage. Okay. That's very interesting for something to happen to be in a, a saintly burial place. Right. Yeah. It makes no sense for it to be on there if it's, you know, a Christian saint from, you know, Israel. Yes. The slab might match a famous sarcophagus that's currently in the British Museum because it was small enough to move. <laughs> that is of Nectambo, Nectambo the second, who, uh, is a pharaoh who never ended up in his sarcophagus because he got deposed and left Egypt before he uh, died. So it was empty when Ptolemy brought the corpse of Alexander to Egypt. Sure. So it's thought to have been the first resting place of Alexander in Memphis. So when he got to Memphis with the body, he put it in this disused sarcophagus. But we really don't know for sure. Okay. Because part of the the Limestone slab is broken and missing. And of course, who knows what could have been on that broken and missing piece. Right. Hard to say without all the info. I'd assume, too, that if we could ever examine the body that's interred in the Basilica, we'd be able to put the theory to rest uh, once and for all. Right, with modern DNA testing and stuff. Yep. But also, there are two verifiable wounds that Alexander took while on campaign. Okay. He took a wound to the chest that uh, noticeably marked one of his ribs. So if that mark is on his rib, it would be obviously be him. And he took one to his leg, which al- almost crippled him, but he survived it. So if the corpse has any of these markings or signs of healing from any wound like this, bam, that would confirm the corpse immediately. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, though, there's also DNA testing that could be done. Yeah. I don't know if this is a big surprise to you, Peter. Both of these have been forbidden by the Catholic Church. <laughs> oh, yeah, not surprised at all. So, in the end, I don't really have I don't really have an answer to you, Peter, on the question is where is Alexander the Great's body? But this is a possible theory to answer that question. Yeah. This has just been a a fun little historical mystery, Peter. What do you what do you think about it? We're I think we're about wrapping up all the information here. What do you what do you think about this story, Peter? Yeah, I mean it sounds plausible to me. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, without being able to examine the body, it's it's never probably going to be more than a theory, or you know, unless the rest of that sarcophagus shows up somewhere and it's it just great. says Alexander the Great on it, <laughs> but. You know, this is just one of uh, probably not going to happen. Many historical mysteries that uh, I'm glad that we have a chance to cover. I don't think it's also ever going to be solved unless maybe we happen to find his actual tomb. Right. It could it could be lying in some sand dune. Uh, could this also? I personally, Peter, by this evidence, I mean yeah. none of this could actually be true. Uh, but I like to think it is, and. Yeah. Right, it's all uh, circumstantial. His body could have been destroyed uh, by Byzantines. It could have been destroyed by Muslims. Uh, heck, it could have... What, what 
Ptolemy took to Egypt could have been a fake body. Mm-hmm. We'll never really know. Uh, his body did show up in modern culture as well. Um, yeah. In the Moon Knight Disney show where it was hidden in the Middle East. Uh, yep. But I, don't, I think that's the least likely yep. uh, what's going to happen. And that's, uh, <laughs> that a bunch of superheroes are going to have a yeah, cosmic it turns battle out he was around an avatar it. of a, a, an ancient god of destruction. But <laughs> I think, listeners, yeah. we're officially at the end of our show. This has just been a quick, short one today. A fun little histories mystery. Yep. So if we're at the end of our show, if you have anything else to do, you can go ahead and do it. Uh, feel free to click on to the next episode. Uh, this episode, is, it's over. But now is the part of the show that I do not like. I don't really like promoting myself. It's, it's not the kind of person that I am. Uh, but if I don't, Peter here is going to make sure my body is never found. Uh, it'll just disappear into the sands of history. Uh, if you like us... <laughs> I've got a whole bag of lime just sitting in a bathtub right now. Man, I think I saw that in Breaking Bad. It's not going to work like the way you think it will, Peter. <laughs> if you like us even a little... Yeah, it takes like months. <laughs> follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to at the moment. Uh, and rate us five stars. It'll really help. Uh, we have a Twitter Follow us at TKU Podcast, where we post snippets of strange facts. Join us at our subreddit, r slash the known unknowns, where you can post anything and we'll, it'll catch our eye. If social media isn't really your thing, you can email us anything you like at contactthenownunknowns at gmail.com. And lastly, I want to guarantee you now that our main show, what you're listening to here, uh, we'll always be free, but if you want to support Peter and I in the show, uh, we've set up a Patreon. A buck a month is all we ask. We have higher tiers for things in return. Five bucks a month gets you access to our extra bonus ep- uh, episode catalog, along with a shout-out, we'll, which we'll do monthly during our news episodes. Ten bucks gets you access to a poll to help choose an episode for next month. Well, everyone, just remember that even if it isn't true, you need to believe in the unknown. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. And as we get into the Halloween season, I'm going to put a little pressure on you, Stevie, here. We're going to – I don't know anything about what's coming up, but I guarantee you it's going to be be good and spooky. So You have have no idea. That's my promise to you, the listener with no evidence whatsoever. See everybody. <laughs> I think that's it. Six, five, 